Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Right now, you can get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the all-new Samsung Galaxy S10 included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and 24-month installment billing. No trade-in required. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone $15 a month after $22.50 a month credit. Apply within two bills. If cancel early remaining amounts due, unlimited basic after 630 20 Pay $32 per month per line for five lines with auto-pay data deprioritization during congestion. Speed maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Welcome, Uncle Sam Soccer Podcast. Armand Kafai is back after he had the week off. Armand, welcome back. Yeah, thanks. Uh, actually, one of my friends listened to this podcast, and uh, he was like, "Why aren't you on it?" And I was like, "I got fired." So <laughs> that's, I mean, that, that that that's where we're at. But no, Jake, love you, man. You did a great job. Uh, well, we'll probably alternating at some points. Steven might not be here one week. Yeah. I might not be here another week. Jake might not be here another week. I mean, it depends on our schedules. We're all busy. But, yes. hey, I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to ha- talk to uh, our boy today. Yeah, no, uh, today's episode, we got Calum Williams. He talked to us. Minnesota play-by-play. Spent time calling the games in Europe. Spent time calling the games here in America. And he's just a wonderful chap to talk to. about a lot of things, to be honest with you? No, yeah, we, I mean, he talks about some of those one of the most fascinating things I've heard yes. in terms of the European or the European perspective of MLS. Yeah, and you, I think you, the listener, could be completely baffled by what he says, and he uh, kind of, you know, makes a very important point when it comes to the growth of U.S. soccer and how it's going to be done. But yeah, let's just get uh, you know straight to it. Joining us right now is the play-by-play announcer for Minnesota United, Callum Williams. Callum has covered the game in both Europe and North America. He's recently worked with Sporting KC. Now he's with Minnesota. Callum, thanks for joining us. How's it going? Yeah, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. I'm uh, all good. Just trying to remain warm in the blustery wilderness up here (laughs) in the north of America. So um, (laughs) it's a bit of a change to what I'm used to. 
Um, but it's all good. It's it's a wonderful place to live. Thoroughly enjoying my time in the Twin Cities. Yeah, uh, I'm actually. We're, well, me and Stephen are originally from the Dallas area, so it doesn't get that cold over there. But our assistant producer uh, Jake actually lives in Minnesota, and he talks about like blizzard every other day. If there's like even like a drop of snow, this place just shuts down. But how are you coping with the weather up there? <laughs> uh, it's. Um... <laughs> eccentric i think would uh, perhaps be the worst, best way to describe it um coming from england I, I i'm used to a lot of or for better word crap weather yeah um <laughs> and um we, we we've had a lot of rain in england a, a lot of gray skies a lot of dull days um fairly reminiscent here in minnesota at the moment the only difference is is that the floor seems to be exceptionally bright because of the white snow all over the place. So, um, hmm. you know, I, I, I think if I'm going to talk about this positively, I will say at least the snow brightens things up. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's look, it, it is what it is here. Um, I was told um, what I would be getting myself into um, when, I, uh, when I agreed to, to join the franchise. But, um, look, it, it, it's like anything. You, you get used to it. You get yeah. on with it. Mm-hmm. And um, li- living in downtown Minneapolis, it's it's not too much of an issue to be honest. The, the city handle it very well. They're, they're clearly been doing this for a long time, so so they're used to handling it. You got to be excited for the Super Bowl coming up. Yeah, the uh, the downtown area right now is is carnage. You, you cannot move. So um, <laughs> it, it, uh, look, I mean, it's great for the city. It, it's mm-hmm. wonderful for the state of Minnesota. Everybody's really excited about it. Um, you know, I must admit, I, I'm not uh, a a rabid uh, NFL fan. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch it if it's on, but um, yeah, yeah. you know. So I, I'm, I'm assuming when the game is on, I'll, I'll probably uh, probably have it on. But um, my focus is firmly on the other type of football. Oh, wonderful! Well, let's talk about uh, the real football. And uh, you spent <laughs> time in Europe. You spent time in North America. Are the leagues, the structure, apart, or are they very similar? Getting there. It's getting there for sure. Um, the, the main difference between football in Europe and football in this country is culture mm. and history mm-hmm. and tradition. Um, it's just a part of the daily life. Um, from my experience in, in the UK and, and having had other experiences um, doing games across Europe and, and spending time in places like, uh, like Spain, for example... It, it's just a part of, of life. Um, your daily routine is talking about football. Your, um, you know, the, the, the jokes in, in a bar or something are about football. And, um, you know, even your grandmother will come up to you and ask you your opinion on, <laughs> on the, the sense of forward for, you know, for, for example, I, I was back in England just last week and my grandmother asked me what I thought of Alexis Sanchez joining Manchester United. You know, it, it's, it's just a part of our fabric in, in Europe and across the rest of the world uh, for the most part. And, you know, we're still yet to get to that stage in North America. Um, it is coming, though. You're seeing more football on television than ever before, which is wonderful to see, uh, because when I first came here in 2011, that, that wasn't the case. Uh, it was getting there, but, but it's, it, it was certainly nowhere near to where it is now. Um, the main encouraging thing that I have seen during my time in this country is the growth of the game and and personally to me the most important thing is the growth of the domestic leagues in this country 
most notably Major League Soccer. Um, it, it, it just continues to get bigger and better every year. Right. And it, it's, a, it's a joy to be a part of at the moment. It really is. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people over in Europe at the moment that are very, very curious about it. Um, you know, it, people w- would often ask when I would go back, you know, what, what's it like? What's going on? Is, is, it, is it the real deal? <laughs> and I would respond by saying, yes, of course it is. Of course it is. If, if, if this league was in most other countries in the world, it would be getting a, a, a shed load more of attention and it would be making headlines across the world. But because there is still this little stigma um, that Americans don't know anything about football and, and the, you know, the, the league hasn't been good or, or whatever, um, that, that there is still that little opinion by, by a small portion of people in Europe still. Um, but it's changing. It really is changing. Um, and I think what, that the main thing, um, what really helped Major League Soccer grow across Europe in particular uh, over the last few years has been the, uh, the international television deal. Um, now, I commentated on the league for Sky Sports to a UK audience um, over the last couple of years before I joined Minnesota United. And the, the TV ratings were good. Um, people were watching. And there was a genuine interest in the league, particularly when there were known stars that were over in, in the league and playing. And the games were on at a, at a decent time. Um, and credit to Sky Sports as well. They really promoted it especially during the, the Premier League off-season as well. There was a lot of people uh, pumping Major League Soccer down people's throats in, in England. And, and great, why not? We are, um, we are in, in, in England in particular, we have a, a lust for live football. It doesn't matter what league, right. where it is, right. what time, people will watch live football. And, yeah. and people were, were very interested in Major League Soccer. And for the very first time, for many people, they were exposed to it. So that really helped that bit. Um, I, I'll never forget being in a coffee shop with my dad um, about three years ago. And I remember some, um, some lads coming to, to sit behind us. Um, and they were people who were, you know, maybe mid-twenties or something. Um, and, and I overheard them talking about uh, Fabian Castillo and FC Dallas. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and, and to me, that's, that, that's when I kind of thought to myself, okay, people are watching this. People are now paying attention. Ah. And um, having spoken with a couple of, of people at, at uh, the production company, IMG, who, who do it for Sky, um, they, they have told us uh, and told me that, you know, it's just getting bigger and better. The production value is, is rising every year and, more people are paying attention. So um, that's good because the more attention on this league, the better because oh, it gets absolutely. nowhere near the attention it deserves, in my opinion. I mean, that's interesting to talk about the, the whole Fabian Castillo thing, especially because we're from Dallas. And I don't even think in Dallas it was uh, yeah. that big of news. Mm-hmm. When uh, even, even when Castillo was in town, where the transfer saga, amongst the soccer fans, I think it was, rel- it was more relatively massive. But Compared to like the rest of the stuff in Dallas, I mean, there's the Cowboys, the Mavericks, the Stars, the Rangers. There's all the different mm. sports. It kind of gets round, lost. Yeah, lost with all the other uh, different sports. I mean, it seems sometimes in that FC Dallas is more popular in other areas of the country and other areas of the world than there is in actually Dallas, <laughs> which is uh, that, that, I mean, that's just fascinating well, to hear that. To hear that. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it's it's. 
it's a unique problem that the major league soccer faces really isn't it and you know, I, I guess the thing is, we, we don't really have anything to compare it to because right. no one's ever done anything like this before and and no one's ever got to a point where the league has gotten to this stage now where it is as popular as it is. The, the most encouraging thing, though, chaps, is that it's only going to get bigger and better. Um, oh, yeah. And it's going to take people like yourselves here doing things like this, like a podcast that gets listened to nationwide and people need to consistently be listening to things like this, to to interviews, to soccer podcasts, to um, radio shows or to TV shows or whatever, you know, that people, when it's when it's on TV, for, for the most part, when soccer's on TV in this country, for the most part, people will watch it. Yes. We're, we're past yes. the stage now, aren't we, of, of people being like, oh, it's soccer, it's, you know, it, it's, it, it's a... a a game that I don't enjoy, or it's um, you know a game that that's not played by real men or whatever. You know, I think I think we're firmly past that now, which is good. I think the, the there are still the, the, there are still several issues. There's no doubt about it. And, and Major League Soccer, no, they they haven't got everything right yet. But I, I think one thing that we should do is is just continually praise the growth of the league. Um, you know, who on earth thought? Even five years ago, a player of the caliber of Ezekiel Barco would come to Major League Soccer at the age he is with the transfer fee spent. And almost forced his way into Atlanta, right? Because he he sat out of the training sessions. Exactly. He wanted to be in Atlanta United, which is wonderful. Um, Absolutely. I understand people's arguments suggesting that the parity may very well disappear from Major League Soccer if things like this keep happening. I understand that argument. But you cannot say to me that a player of his caliber and his ability signing an MLS is a bad thing. It's, it, it's, to, to me, it's, it's a stepping uh, stone in the right direction again for Major League Soccer. And I, I'm all for players like this coming to, to the United States and improving Major League Soccer. Um, the, the the play uh, the standard of the play in my opinion in this in this country now is very much of the championship in England. Um, I commentated on, on a championship game when I went back to uh, to the UK during the off season, um, and I remember around about ten minutes into the commentary, I thought to myself, "There's not much difference here." I, I was seeing a lot of things that I would see in MLS happen, and there's not much difference. So again, that's encouraging. Um, it's it's just the the right time to be involved in Major League Soccer now. It's the right time to be a soccer fan. And anybody who isn't, I mean, I'm sorry you're missing out on one heck of a party, in my opinion. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Cal, I'm still astounded. And I, I wonder if you will be able to speak to this more so than we can. But you said MLS is gaining traction. If you took MLS and you planted it into, a, uh, say, in Switzerland, just kind of just take it or even into Poland or Greece, it would be a lot more popular. Do you think we're undervaluing, not from just generic soccer fans, what MLS really is and the quality that it has? Absolutely, I do. Uh, I don't think there's ever been a more true statement when you talk about Major League Soccer. Um, We have uh, a fullback at Minnesota United called Jérôme Tisson, who is a Swiss fullback who played at the top end of the league 
um, the Swiss Super League for FC Luzerne for, for several years. And All right. He said to me, he said, this, this league is a much higher level than I played at in, in Switzerland. Um, it's, it's amazing that people still don't understand how good this league is until they really get here. And as I sort of touched on briefly uh, before, that there is still this little perception around Europe that the the league in America, that Major League Soccer, is 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 not up to the standard of the the rest of Europe. Now we know that's complete garbage. That's not true. <laughs> I, I, I agree with what you've said. If you if you put Major League Soccer in a European country somewhere, again we spoke about this briefly earlier on. If you, if you put it in, in the middle of Europe somewhere, it doesn't matter where, it would gain instant respect. It would be much uh, better viewed, in my opinion. Um, and that's wrong. That's wrong. People, um, th- th- there's nothing more infuriating to me, chaps, when I meet a soccer fan in this country and they don't like Major League Soccer. I um, <laughs> I, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've wanted to... Um, to, to say some rather unpleasant things to them, but um, that's another story for another time. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just um, literally a couple of days ago got back from a little trip in Europe. Um, my fiance and I spent some time in uh, in Iceland, and uh, we oh, bumped into nice. an American uh, American family uh, on one of the evenings, and they were from Sacramento. So straight away, you know, after you know a couple of beers or whatever, you you get talking and, and <laughs> yes. you know comes around what do you what do you do and blah 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 and and we got around to the conversation about major league soccer and and the guy said yeah look i i love soccer i wake up every saturday morning and watch the premier league and i was like oh great brilliant um what what do you reckon about sacramento republic or the quakes this year and he looked at me as if i had asked him a question in a different language um classic <laughs> and, and uh, I, it, it's bizarre to me you know and so I, I spent then the the majority of the evening that, that myself and my fiance were out explaining to this individual why he needs to support Major League Soccer why he <laughs> needs to support USL and his local team um, you know he said to me yeah but you know it's it, would you, wouldn't you consider it a B League and, and I said, well, no, not really, not at all. Um, that's just what you may very well have um, been told or that may be what you um, understand, that may be uh, your opinion because you've not watched much of it. I saw something on Twitter the other day, I can't remember who, um, who, who said it, but it, it was completely true. It's people who, who are watching uh, Major League Soccer, people who who um, are of the opinion that Major League Soccer is not a good league are simply not watching enough of it. We understand it's not the Premier League. We understand mm-hmm. it's not La Liga or the Bundesliga. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean it's a bad league. And we need to get that message across more, in my opinion. No, I, I definitely agree. I think on the field, I mean, when we were watching FC Dallas, Armand and I would be going to the games, and this was not last season, but the year before where they won the U.S. Open Cup they the, double. The, the double. Oh, they were fabulous that year. Uh, it was fantastic, but my biggest gripe was just the fans would never pack the stadium, and I think that still drives away uh, a fans to some degree because, to me, soccer is as much of the supporters as it is what's on the field and the men that are running around kicking the ball because soccer is is the sport of the people. Mm. 
the, the fan culture is, uh, I would agree, fan culture is, is just as important, in my opinion. Um, if you look, if you don't have fans, you don't have a team, do you? Yeah. So I think um, it, it, I, I always enjoy going to FC Dallas, whether it was with Minnesota United or Sporting Kansas City or, or Sky or whoever, um, because particularly over the last couple of years with Tereja and, and the type of soccer he had them playing, it was a joy to watch. And, and, and that was always something I always wondered as well, is why, why can't they sell this stadium out? Why mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. there not a full stadium? Um, now, again, look, this, this, <laughs> we could go on forever, couldn't we? And right, right. <laughs> but, um, I think it comes down to... Um, the club needing to do more and, and the league, in my opinion, should, should do a little more to help a, a franchise like FC Dallas because there's no reason why they couldn't fill out uh, a 20,000-seater stadium, um, especially with, with them playing the, the type of soccer that they were as well. So, And look, I, I know they had a, a, bit of a, a bit of a disappointing 2017 season with the way things ended, but for the most part, for the last couple of years, FC Dallas have been there or thereabouts. And as you mentioned, winning the Open Cup as well. It, it's, it's been a good time in the history of that, of that team. So why can't they sell the ticket? Why can't they get a consistent uh, 20,000 people in the stadium? Um, this, for me now, this, this is where I, I am very much of the opinion that I'm all for expansion in the right areas. I, I think... Um, you know, uh, Minnesota, for example. I mean, what, what a fabulous market. There's a footballing culture here that I didn't even know about. And, mm. and the game has a deep history and, and deep roots in this market. And yes. this, mm-hmm. this market was always going to work. Um, when it comes to expansion, though, I think we need to put our foot on the brake a little bit. Mm. Before we go to, to other markets, let's help some of the other franchises that aren't yeah. perhaps doing things as, as well as they should be, uh, according to Major League Soccer and according mm. to Don Garber. Um, you know, a Columbus crew, again, I'm sure would, would, would be another example of that. Because let's be honest, chaps, if Columbus crew are selling out their stadium and are, a, a, you know, a big part of that market, the conversation of Austin doesn't even come up. Absolutely. Yes. So you, you have to, in my opinion now, we, we've got the majority of the league is working stupendously but there are still a couple of franchises, in my opinion, that just need a little bit of, little bit of help. doesn't mean they're doing bad, right, right. but they could do with a little more help to elevate themselves to where the league now is. And that's a compliment to the rest of the league as well, in my opinion. So, it, in my opinion, as I said, I'm all for expansion, and I'm, I'm excited to see where else the league goes. But I think after the, the announcement on Monday, let's just put our foot on the brakes a little, and, and after the announcement that will be made, I, I'm sure, in, uh, in a couple of weeks, let's just then concentrate on the franchises that we have that need a little more help. I mean, this is funny, Callum, because me and, me and Stephen did mention uh, a few episodes ago that we think that MLS isn't doing enough to help the original sides. Because, I mean, to be quite frank honest with you, the expansion sides come in, they're kind of like a shiny new toy. Everyone, everyone likes them. But it seems like the clubs that are the original teams are left behind. The, the Dallas, you have the Rapids, you even have the Revolution that are playing in, in the football stadium, the Crew, if you want to go on and on. A lot of these teams are the original sides. So, I mean, I do agree with what you're saying in terms of helping – uh, this, these, I guess, the sides aren't doing well compared to the rest of the league, as you said. Um, I think 
it's I think they're kind of slowing down the growth because they're in great markets. I mean, Dallas is a great market. I mean, uh, New England is a great is a great market. Yeah, there's huge soccer all around, and the fact that the fact of the matter is they're struggling, and I think they're kind of almost neglected. Uh, for these new expansions, and look, not every team is going to be an Atlanta United getting seventy thousand. You, you, I think, right. I think we need to focus and make sure that okay, we get a nice, you no know, twenty, eighteen to twenty thousand in almost every stadium. Completely agree, and um, you know, look, I, I'm sure these conversations are had in the league office on a daily basis. Um, <laughs> again, look, it's Major League Soccer it is getting bigger and better every year. And I, I'm excited to be a part of it. And, you know, we, we always knew that, that soccer would, would be this in this country. We, we always knew. I think everybody that I've ever surrounded myself uh, around anyway would, would always have suggested that, oh, you know, soccer will, will work in the States at some stage. It's just going to take time. We, we forget that MLS is so young. And it's easy right. to forget it's so young because when you have 70,000 people in Atlanta – when you have 60,000 people in Seattle, when you have, you know, 22,000 in, in Kansas City and, and Minnesota and Vancouver, Portland, wherever, it looks lovely. It looks fantastic. And it looks like one of the premier leagues in the world. So, again, I, I think while there's obviously issues to, to still figure out, let's not forget how far this league has come. But as I said, let's just put our foot on the brake a little bit, perhaps do a little bit of reassessing and figure out how we can help other franchises out over the next couple of years. No, absolutely. And it's funny, because Armand and I did not want to talk about this subject, but I have to. What do you think of promotion relegation? Now, we can talk about the business aspect, <laughs> but you talked about how MLS is is growing. And I've heard chatter of some players saying they like the closed system because it's not as stressful. Now, you being in England... Promotion relegation is life or death over there. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um, look, I, I think I, I, I will go firmly down the middle here. Um, yeah. and I'll, uh, I, I don't mean to sit on the fence at all because that's, that's not my character, but um, I, I genuinely don't know about this one because mm-hmm. I, I think um, I, I could see both sides of it. Promotion yeah. and relegation could... Let, let's concentrate on the negative first, right? It could really cause an issue for this league because, and I say this with the utmost amount of respect to the franchises that I'll mention now, but say, for example, if um, Oklahoma City Energy or um, Tulsa Roughnecks from USL or... Um, let, let's see, Swope Park Rangers. Say, for example, they came up to Major League Soccer. Now, Swope Park Rangers, their stadium, um, from what I've seen, has a capacity of less than 2,000. Now, I, I understand that, you know, uh, in the Premier League and elsewhere, we have smaller stadiums. Bournemouth is a classic example. But that's just the way it's always been. Right. The, the, the main thing for me here is that the culture is already in place in Europe. People mm-hmm. expect mm-hmm. and they understand right. relegation and promotion. And regardless if Bournemouth still go down or they stay in the Premier League, people are going to go to the games regardless. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Would that be the case? Would that be the case in this country if, for example, uh, Minnesota United went down 
and we have a brand spanking new stadium coming in mm-hmm, 2019. Mm-hmm. It's going to be gorgeous. It'll be oh. one of the best in the country. Can't wait. But what happens if if Minnesota United get relegated and all of a sudden they host on a Saturday afternoon, they host Toronto FC 2? Mm. I don't think there would be enough to convince people to come to the game. Now, of course, you, you, you're going to get your um, you're going to get your diehards. You're going to get your regulars who are going to come to the game, of course. But I, I don't think there's enough evidence to suggest that people would come to the games. Um, and at this stage of Major League Soccer's growth, I don't think it's worth taking the risk. Now, if you fast forward maybe 20 years when there's more of a culture, more of a soccer culture in this country, then sure, why not? I, I don't see why you wouldn't try it. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw something um, that USL were, were, were talking about um, doing perhaps promotion relegation. Um, maybe I've got that completely wrong, but I, I could have sworn I saw something uh, online the other day. And, and I mean, look, yes. if they want mm-hmm. to try it out and see if it works, then, then great. That's, that's wonderful. And that's not suggesting that there are, you know, a, a toy for MLS to play with or anything. That's just me saying that if that's what they want to do, then then great. Um, and right. that may hopefully give us an indication. Um, but I, I, I'm, a, as I said, I'm firmly down the middle. I can see both sides of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the positive aspect of this is that um, I, I think I, I overheard one of you say that um, uh, an MLS player had suggested that it's too comfortable or there's, there's, there's not enough pressure because there's no promotion relegation. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Um, I think one of the reasons, one of many reasons, because no one has the answer to this, as to why the U.S. didn't qualify uh, for the World Cup is because there are far too many players uh, in today's day and age, in today's league, in, in Major League Soccer, that aren't under enough pressure. They don't understand how to deal with them. Um, so, again, I, I can see both sides of it. I really can. Um, but I think for the time being, I would stay away from it. But in 20 years or so, if the soccer culture continues to grow in this country as it does, then why not give it a go? Mm, absolutely. Uh, I, that's, a, that's a very, very valid point. A very valid point, Calum. And you, have you seen it all? You've seen it. You, you've seen the pro-relegation action. You've seen United States. You know both sides. But let me ask you this. If you were given a magic wand that that had the power to change one thing in MLS or U.S. soccer, what would you do? <laughs> How long have we got? Um, <laughs> I, um, I would love to come up with a spell that the wand would react to that would mean the U.S. would qualify for the 2018 World Cup. Very interesting. Um, that that would that would be it because, as we all know, that's where you grab the casual fans. Mm-hmm. That's right. where you really mm-hmm. turn people into soccer fans. Mm-hmm. I remember being in Kansas City for the last World Cup, chaps, and um, we, you know, I'm, I'm still immensely proud of what we achieved in, in that market because when I got there, nobody gave two hoots about soccer at all. It mm. was not a thing, um, mm. and we we changed everything. What what seemed like overnight. Mm-hmm. That stadium changed everything. Winning obviously helped, mm-hmm. but what yeah, everybody did in the front office there, and and what Peter Vermees and Kerry Zavagnan did with that team, it changed everything. Um, so, 
I, I think um, it, it, it's one of them where I, I think if if we have more examples like that, then, then the league is going to continue to grow undoubtedly. Mm. Um, it, it's it, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. But I, I just remember being in, in that market for the World Cup and and seeing there were there was there's an area in Kansas City called the Power and Light Districts, uh, um, and there was big screens up and everything. There were ten thousand people oh, packed yes. inside this little area, um, and and they were going crazy. They 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 were going insane. I remember going and, and watching the um, uh, the game against Ghana. Mm, yes. Um, and uh, and and John and that, Brooks. That was an unbelievable experience. Oh, that, that was exactly John Brooks. And I've seen people jumping up like never before. <laughs> and uh, but the the one the, the one where I really think the attention was grabbed, and it's a real shame the U.S. didn't win the game, was against Portugal, Portugal. because. I think there were a lot of people in the United States who were sort of casual fans. They maybe didn't follow soccer that much, but they knew who Cristiano Ronaldo was. Mm-hmm. So this yeah. was the U.S. against Ronaldo. So mm-hmm. they would watch. Mm-hmm. And when there was a goal scored by Dempsey inside the first, what was it, 90 seconds or something? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember thinking to myself, this is a gargantuan moment for U.S. soccer because there's so many new people for soccer here and yeah. people in the past who have said it's boring because there's not enough goals and not enough scoring and blah, blah, blah. This is humongous because they're switched on, they're engaged because Dempsey has scored a goal inside the first 90 seconds and the, the U.S. soccer market had grabbed them in. They grabbed them by yep. the scruff of the neck mm-hmm. and grabbed them in. And I remember watching a game with a good friend of mine, a guy who writes for NBC called Andy Edwards. Um, and the two of us threw our arms around each other and I remember being in tears. I remember just having a few tears drop down. And I just remember thinking to myself, this, this is arguably one of the biggest moments in this soccer history, in, in this country's soccer history. Mm. Um, and, and I just think we, we're, we're going to miss out on that now. 2018, not gonna have, we're not going to have that moment. Yeah. We're not yeah. going to have mm. that sort of situation so I'll, I'll, if you don't mind, chaps, I'll use this platform to, to say to people, go, go and support your Major League Soccer team. Go and support your USL team. Because the simple fact of the matter is, is that if you want your league, if you want MLS to be as big as the Premier League and as successful as the Bundesliga and as flashy as La Liga, you have to go to the games. You have to go and put your right. bum on a seat and you have to watch on TV. Mm. Because if you put your bum on a seat, that instantly means there's revenue going into the club. That instantly means they'll use that revenue to either add to their academy, which the league is doing very well now, or they're going to buy a superstar player. And it also looks very good on television as well. Uh, so yes. that means a full stadium on TV always looks good regardless of the sport, but particularly in Major League Soccer. Absolutely. If you have a full stadium, that product looks good, which means it's going to be more valuable to TV companies who want to broadcast the league. They will pay a shed load of money then for the league to be on their network. And again, that means more money for academies, more money for superstars, instantly meaning Major League Soccer is better. So again, if fans want this league to be as good, if soccer fans in this country want their league to be as good as the other leagues in Europe, you've got to go to the games. It's as simple as that. 
No, I, I, absolutely. I mean, not to do story time from my end, but I remember the Portugal game, and we were at a bar with my, my buddies and I, and I, this older guy looks at me and he goes, they were down one nothing against Portugal's second half, and he's no chance. Then Jones scores. Uh, I believe Dempsey got the second. I mean, I've never seen a bunch of people jump up and down like that and just hold each other. <laughs> Callum, I know we gotta you got to get going somewhere. Uh, where can we find your stuff? Obviously, we can listen to you on the uh, Minnesota United. Uh, I, I listen play. to Calm all the time. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. When I watch Minnesota United, I, I, I hear Calm all the time. So <laughs> if you have MLS Live or whatever the hell it's going to be called this year, if you turn on Minnesota United broadcast, you'll hear Calm on the air. Yeah, and it's and it's it's fabulous, chaps. And apologies that I've got to leave. I've actually got to go because of a television meeting. And there you uh, go. hopefully we can That's announce our, uh, our television partner very soon. So... Um, we're very excited about that. But, yeah, you can find me on, on MLS Live if, if you're, you're listening elsewhere. But uh, in Minnesota, there will be a, a television announcement very soon. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at CalWilliams.com. Fantastic. Well, thanks again, Callum. Thanks, Callum. Guys, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Have a good day. You too. Ah, uh, I can't believe we're still missing out on the World Cup. Like, it gets worse and worse as we get closer. Yeah, it uh, does. I kind of just like realized that after after uh, Callum mentioned it. So, uh, I'm a little bummed out now. But I don't know. Have we undervalued MLS? You and I have we on this show undervalued MLS? I feel like I haven't, but I feel like you have or had. I had for a long time. I switched, you, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. But um, my, for I, those who don't, for those who don't know, I'm now giving some background. Steven really, really disliked MLS. Like, but I went it, to the it, games. I, I would. Hey, no, no. Let me talk. Um, like I would be like, yeah, Steven, blah blah blah, and he'd be like, huh, and like w- walk away. <laughs> and I, when he used to do his old podcast, like yeah, it would blah, be blah, like, blah. yeah, let's crap, let's crap on MLS or something. But I mean, I think it is. I think it is undervalued across the world. It does still have some work to do, but I mean, especially with the signings they're making this uh, season, I think this might be. I mean, I feel, I feel like I can keep saying this, but this might be the biggest MLS year yet. Well, hopefully, every year's you know you want to comp- continue to repeat that. No, but th- my issue with MLS was my ass were in those seats. Like I went to FC Dallas ever since I'd moved to Dallas. That was never my issue. I followed the club. I thought it was unique. I played around. At the time, it was, what, Pizza Hut Park? So the the fields around there, I played there. It was never that. My problem was there was nobody else in the stadium. And I wanted that soccer experience. And let me tell you, Armand, I don't know if I've said this on the show, but that game, I actually, was the it was the World Cup in 2014. That's when soccer culture hit me here in America. Like, Calum, you, you, you had to be in tears. If you had gone to any of those bars, whether it was in Atlanta or Kansas City had a huge one, Milwaukee, Dallas, Dallas had had multiple air, uh, watching areas, Boston to L.A. If you were in a cramped place and you were singing, I mean, the, your, the opening to this show is a bunch of guys and gals yelling USA, USA, USA. 
That's that's real audio. That isn't made up. That is real passion from real fans. And we are totally missing out again on on, on that experience. It, it's, yes, it's, it, sucks. It, it sucks. I think it, it it sucks, but it's the reality of the situation. We can say it sucks all you want. Yeah, no, it is. That's why I have these. That's why I have these presidential elections, and that's why it's such a big issue. That's why we have all these discussions about pro well for USA. That's why we have all these discussions about uh, the women's league, youth development, this and that. It's all it was this the the fail the failure of missing missing the World Cup masked all these issues that we had. But- and now, well, here's the thing. I, I saw a tweet. Some this is somebody. Now I, I wish I could go back and get it. But basically, they're saying was, if the USA had qualified for the World Cup, would these things still be relevant though? Pro Row for USA has always been uh, always been relevant. I, I've seen I've seen them tweet out multiple, sure. multiple times. That, yeah, that hashtag I mean, I've seen everywhere. Ever youth development. I feel like. Everyone talks about for some like uh, the poor youth development in the in the U.S. and I mean, I I think that's still an issue. I mean, women's soccer. I feel like they all have been issues, but they wouldn't have been as magnified as they are right now. I think I think that's the right terminology for that because we missed the World Cup. All of a sudden, you're like, what the hell? What the hell went wrong? It and it can't be a one off thing. Like, oh, we had a bad qualifying. That's a terrible excuse. And that shouldn't be used as an excuse. Mm. So you have to look deeper and deeper. There was obviously some issues. And we mentioned when we talked about relegation, the issue of a lack of pressure on certain players. Yeah, In no. a game where you need to win or you go home and basically are relegated, they they didn't win. They couldn't get a point. Plain, plain, plain and simple, no pressure. We have issues. We have, issues. we have some issues with the youth development in terms of casting a bigger net. Not in terms of the players developed. The players developed are obviously very good. See, that's but you, you're, hitting, you're hitting on a, on a thing. It's not the fact that we're not developing talented players. We are. It's the fact that we're they're slipping through our fingers. Our hand. It's like U.S. soccer is basically a child who grabs their hand, puts it in the sand, and lifts up. That's the current system, and we need to ca- We need some sort of net. That all the falling players that are leaving, you know, uh, Jonathan Gonzalez to Mexico, that that doesn't happen. But, you know, this extends into qualifying for the Olympics, into these other events that helps the youth realize there's a pathway up to the A-team. But Callum was wonderful, brilliant stuff. You know, we could have spent two hours with him discussing these issues. No, yeah, and I, I think one of the most fascinating things is what he mentioned towards the beginning when he talked about Fabian Castillo and that being mentioned in in a, a pub in England and meanwhile over here in Dallas, I, I got my first my first thing in MLS media was to cover the Fabian Castillo saga uh, when it, in terms of his transfer. I mean, even then it wasn't like big news here, I guess. Well, I, I, mean, I don't think anybody cared, honestly. If I remember correctly, it was kind of like, oh, Castillo wants out. Who blames him? It's Dallas. Not a good. That's the thing. It's it, it's if 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 fans. I'm I'm talking to the fans now. If they want their club to be successful, do your part. Go to the games, as Callum said. Go watch the games on television. I got the television numbers, um, in front of me for the last week. This is brought to you by World Soccer Talk, Armand. Do you know how many people watched the Premier League on uh, Newcastle versus Man City on January 20th? 
964,000. Oh, I forgot Man City. Everyone watches them. But that's huge. Yeah, that means- it's a huge number when they're playing Newcastle. Everton- but I mean, also, you have to realize they're also on network TV at that point. Well, that's they're true. On- okay, fine. They're on NBC. Spurs Everton. What, 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 time of the, what time of the day was that It one? doesn't tell me, but it was on the 13th, so the week before. 13th. So that was on a Sunday, so it was probably the early was, – it was a late cap, I guess. I bet you 700,000. 959. Damn. Why can't I get that? Why can't but I these are huge numbers. <laughs> I'm no, serious. I agree. These, these are huge DV numbers because typically they range about half a million, and then when it's when it's when it's City or versus Chelsea, it's huge. Think about it. Four- now, 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 people will tell you they'll make they'll make that excuse that oh, you know, um, those are in the morning. You have time to watch that. So it's jump to the afternoon. If you look at the Liga MX games, their numbers are massive. Well, I have. Their to, I have. Are, tell me them. Liga the MX. One. This is uh, Pumas That's versus a top watch game. Pumas versus, Pum- Pumas versus America. A million, uh, 172,000. This is... that's a, And that's a regular season game. And that, that's, that's all a- on Univision, too. If, if ESPN tapped... Think about how much bigger that number would be. People are watching soccer in America. Why are they not doing it with MLS? It's a lot easier to go out a Saturday night at 8 p.m. in Frisco or 7 p.m. in Colorado, drive out to the stadium, to the game. The t- t- tickets aren't expensive. They're 20 25 bucks. I guarantee you if you make a connection with the club, you can get a discount. It, it, it's mind-baffling, and Callum is 100% right. We need more asses in seats. Uh, why do you think people don't watch MLS? Three things. One, they undervalue it. Two, I think the stadium thing. So, okay, they undervalue it because they watch on television. The stadiums aren't full. Why would I go to a ha- like an atmosphere that kills? Well, I'm saying why don't they watch it on TV? Because even the TV ratings right now, they haven't grown like substantially. They've kind of lagged. Well, yeah, that TV, makes sense. There's always been like 200,000 watching like insert game here versus in- like. I don't know, throwing a game here versus throwing a game there. Why do you think that's the case? No, but Undervalue, t- I'm sure, is one. TV numbers, TV numbers in NFL have dropped, though. That's it, It's numbers across the leagues that are dropping. I think this, I mean, is it cable cutting? Honestly, the TV numbers are important. But NFL, I feel like there's a reason. You know, there's like a reason. Like, okay, there's... Uh, People don't like watching the concussion thing, and or I think people don't like watching people get concussed. Now that they're more nah, well, there's like that's perception BS. going around. The concussion no, thing I don't is think BS. BS. I don't, no, well, there's dude, you might think it. You know, you might think it's BS, but people do think it's true. So I think they'll 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 stop tuning into. It. I've seen people do that. But if also, anything, it's I, a, the anthem protest. It's, it's that's what I was gonna say. The anthem, the anthem protests are gonna be a key uh, contributing thing. I do think TV ratings. You might say they're not that important. No, they, they whenever are, they're aligned to get whenever they're aligned to get a huge media deal, that's the thing they're gonna look well, at. Well, they're yeah, be like, oh, no, oh I, wow, the two hundred thousand to watch this, this is garbage. They they are. Important. Do you know how much their current media deal is worth? What they're getting like ninety million per season. That's like less than the expansion team. TV numbers are important, but right now I would be more, more. The thing is, you want to develop a culture. Do you know how much easier it is to be like, hey guys, the stadium sold out. It's gonna be wild. People are going to enjoy the game. Well, I mean, look at Atlanta United. Well, how many neutrals are going to their games because they know it's sold out? I bet you a lot. They have this huge barbecue before the game. 
So, I, I mean, it's interesting to hear from Callum because he spent, you know, he grew up in Birmingham, the, the West Midlands. He, he grew up watching and loving the sport, and it's interesting to get his perspective because he now, you know, works for Minnesota United, MLS, and, and covers the game here. Quick story here, Armand, just to tell you about, you know, the commitment to soccer. I have one of my cousin's boyfriend. His club in, in Switzerland, Sion, tiny club, tiny club. And, and, no, actually, is it, no, it's Thun, Thun, up in the Alps. And he, he sits there, and the club financially struggles. So every season, he writes a check to the club to support them. Nice. So uh, that is the passion in which this sport, you know, encompasses. That's let me let, let me say this. I think it's huge when a guy like Callum is beaming with praise uh, for MLS. Oh, yeah. He wasn't shy. He wasn't shy. I mean, it wasn't like he was like, oh, it's okay, you know. I mean, I mean, obviously, he, does, he works for Minnesota United, but it wasn't like he was – I think people who watch soccer know that MLS is a very quality league. It's just now, what's next? Are, are, they, are they going to add a promotional relegation? Are they going to bring in – are they going to become more of a selling league? We saw what happened – uh, with uh, Montreal and Baloo, uh, how I suppose, I hope I said his name right, uh, when they just sold him to Barcelona B. Mm-hmm. Green Jack Harrison might go to Stoke City. What is next for MLS? My, I'm betting my money, and I think a lot of people bet their money, that it become more, predominantly more, of that middleman league, which is huge because that's how you attract those younger South Americans. They're like, hey, we want to play in Europe one day. That's the goal. Well, you can go through MLS. Look what Jack Harrison did. Look, look at what Baloo did coming through the academy. Barco. Look at insert name. Insert name here. Barco ends up going to a big name. Look at Barco. Did. Look at Almiron did. Look at Martinez did. Look at all but these even, guys. Even Weston McKenney or um, Christian Pulisic, they were a part of the development ca- academy. Those guys. A lot of these guys. Maybe some of the younger kids that don't make the uh, their youth respective academies go and play college and end up getting drafted like a Julian Gressel or a Jack Harrison. You know, like you have to – people are going to start realizing, okay, MLS is going to start rising into the, into this – into a league that sells younger, I guess, South American-based players. And a lot more players will try to get into their academies and whatnot. I think the next big issue that's going to come for MLS, next big one. Can you guess what it is, Steven? Guess for me. No, I no, I don't know. I think it'll be the development of American players. I think that is going to be uh, a bigger issue. It's it's slowly it's slowly coming up slowly, but these the south the South Americans are coming in and they should they're quality players, and instead of the developing their own players, which they should be, MLS MLS players are uh, MLS teams are buying more and more South Americans and more and more. Uh, uh, players, I think the development of the American players is going to be lacking at some point. Well, the the development of American players happening in Europe. Josh Sargent, yeah, it's Christian not like reverse. Weston you know? McKinney, uh, Shaq Moore. So yeah, no, you're right. No, you're Keaton right. Keaton Parks, Emer- Emerson Hyman, Emerson Hyman. Anyway, listeners, I hope you enjoyed it. You follow us on Twitter at Uncle Listeners, listeners, pod. I hate to interrupt Stephen. I hate to interrupt Stephen, but. We do have a very, I think it's going to be interesting show coming up uh, next week. Wednesday. Um, be, be, on a, be, on, be on the lookout. We're very excited to have this guest on. 
I also just want to blur it out right now, but I want to keep it a surprise. But yes. should, I, should I blur it out? Or should I no, it we will let you know. Someday. Oh, okay. Someday but it's it's, ex- it's 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 very exciting because there's a lot of issues going around with uh, the dual national in the United States.